Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And on today's episode, we are going to be covering Ella Beth May Lodermeyer. Yes. Ooh. From so- Sioux Falls, South Dakota. All right. But I don't first, know. Have we, have we done anybody from South Dakota? I don't think we have. I don't think we have either. I don't think so. And but, honestly, I did not look it up. I assume Sioux Falls is a small town. And, yeah. And, you know, we always look for small towns. Yes. So I assume so, but I could be wrong. I'll look at, I'll look at the population. I'll look I at it. I just keep getting cut off. Sorry. Go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say before we really get into the episode, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, having a lot of fun with this one. Hopefully, RTW will be back in some form eventually. Maybe. We don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I need to think of something to reinvigorate it. You yeah. Know? It, it's going through some changes right now. So we'll see what happens with RTW. I have been enjoying researching missing persons yes. cases, though. But all right. You ready? I am, but I was going to say, I'm trying to think of a new name for RTW's Wild History Ride. Yeah. I've come up with some good ones, but I think some of them are already taken. Oh, well. Actually, I was going to use, I don't know if I can say it. Or no, anything. don't. Don't okay. say it. Well, surprise. I want, to know, I want to know. I haven't heard about this. Yes. We will discuss we, it. We'll discuss it will be discussed at a later point. Well, on one of our walls. But yes, thank you so much, guys, for listening. And keep it up. Share with your friends. Oh, check comment. us out on Instagram. Please comment, yes. Yeah, and if y'all haven't already heard, like um, last week's episode was a little joint thing with me and Rhonda on Melba Lapidus, so y'all go listen to that. Yes. And it wasn't a missing, it was a murder. It was a murder. Mm-hmm. It was a request, actually. It was a morbid murder, by the way. Too. A very morbid requested murder. It was. Yeah. And the person that did that requested it knows who they who they are. Did they like it? Yes, they did. Good. They did, they did. <laughs> they said they loved it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, we're getting into the episode now. All right, let's go. <laughs> Ella Beth May Lodemeyer was 25 years old when she went missing from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, March 6, 1974. Mm. So several years back, obviously. Man, even my brother wasn't alive yet. The 70s no, were wasn't. a crazy time, y'all. They were. They were. I don't know, not in particular this case, but you know some of the cases we've covered Previously, that were disappearances in the 70s. We had people hitchhiking, which would seem yes. to be quite common yeah. back then. Yes. And of course, these days we would not even consider that. No, because I mean, of things that happened in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah on, lessons on, learned. Yeah, yeah, can you? Uh, there's a lot of documentaries about the 70s out there. With I think um, more serial killers galore. I feel like you know. Uh, yeah, and actually, I'm putting together a podcast. I don't know if it'll drop. Uh, if we'll do it next week or maybe the following week. That uh, does involve a serial killer, mm. a missing person, and well, a serial you know, killer. Yes, Ooh. half of the people that we've talked about, I feel like too, that we've like, hey, yeah, there's talks of them falling victim to a particular serial killer. So I'm like, y'all, there, there are more of them than I think they are. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, kind they, of scary. Uh, very, very more, a lot more frequent than yeah. anyone even wants to discuss. Exactly. Then yeah. I wondered, like, there's, I'm sure there's percentages out there, and I don't really want to look at those. So. It is kind of scary. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. You one of these days when, when we get ready to wrap up our podcast yep. and we're at the end of it years from now, yep. we might do a, a graph of serial killers. Oh, shoot, man. The way, the way it sounds, you've probably met more than a few in your lifetime. Yeah, very yeah. true. I mean, shoot, just at the grocery store, wherever you work, wherever you go, I don't know. I said, you don't, you never shoot, know. Church. Church. Oh, no, don't even say that. You never know. You never know. There's some people listening. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's get back uh, into our podcast. Consider the people we know, they've already got dark thoughts going on, going, hey, are they? <gasps> Who's going to? Who's going to kidnap my kid? Who's going to kidnap me? Who's going to kidnap uh, old man Jenkins down the road? Y'all don't yeah. ask those questions every day. I ask those questions every day when I wake up. Who's going to kidnap me? You know why? 
Why? Because you're into true crime. I am into true crime. So we're about 90% of the population. Uh, Thomas is not. We're trying to convert no. him. Tom- Thomas yeah. is the producer. Yeah, he's We're producer. working on it, though. We're working yeah, on it. He'll come I, I over. I just watch the sound. One of these days. <laughs> one of these days, we'll convert him. I doubt it, but whatever. Y'all enjoy. Okay. All right. Well, moving back, moving along back into our podcast. Um, now, Elabeth was no longer living with her husband, Gene. The two were going through a divorce. And according to a... 2018 Argus Leader article by Katie Nelson, and that happens to be a, a, a local newspaper to Sioux Falls. Mm. Uh, Elabeth met Jerry Thomas the day she filed for divorce from Jean. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you give me this look. No, that was nothing suspicious or oh, anything okay, like that. Okay. It was a good meeting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was the boyfriend? Yes, yes. Uh, he, he was out of, yes, he was a boy. Oh, there's that light again. Oh, gosh. Ella, Ella <laughs> I, I seriously got to find a way to fix She's that. Channeling. I don't know how. She's you do channeling. have to fix that. That is really creepy. I, I don't know a... how to fix it. Uh, well, we'll figure it. Get, we'll, go on. We'll go on figure with that, it out. But anyway, yeah, it was a good thing. He was a nice guy. Okay, good. So okay. no, don't give me that look. It, it was nothing. <clears throat> nothing suspicious. Nothing there. nefarious. Yeah. Okay. Nothing to see there. We'll hand me your phone. Oh. And oh. So Jerry was out of town on March sixth, but called her at an agreed upon time between nine and nine thirty p.m. that night. He tried three times but was never able to reach her. And according to Charlie Project, states that the upstairs tenant answered the phone. Now, I'm not sure. I don't really get a picture, a true or a good picture of what that was about. Uh, I don't know what if she lived in an apartment building and maybe everybody's apartment opened to a common area and there was a common phone to be used. Oh, okay. I'm not. I, that would be my guess. I could, like, I could see that. I don't know if I've ever heard anything about like apartment layouts like that, but I'm sure it could have been out there. I Yeah, I guess that's my assumption. And But anyway, so the upstairs tenant answered every time uh, Jerry called that night. Uh, now, when Elabeth didn't show up for work the next day, her co-workers contacted Jean. Mm. And Elabeth's co-workers and Jean went to her home. Oh, I hope so. Like, I mean, are you kidding? If y'all, if if I got ink, like a word that, oh, by the way, like Thomas, Rhonda, they're just not gone. They didn't show up to work. I would kick down y'all's door. Y'all didn't answer the door one day that I came over here and I was like, I thought about kicking it down. I was like, is something happened? Like, I, I would have done it. Well, I think it's interesting that Jean and the co-workers went. They just didn't call him up and say, hey, can you go check on her? They yeah. were obviously concerned too. So yes. they they met there at the house and the house was locked. Elabeth's car was in the driveway. Uh, they... I assume Jean had a key, so they got into the house. A loaf of bread was found rising in the kitchen, Aww. along with a pizza with one piece missing, and there was flour spilled on the kitchen floor. The only items missing were her purse and her coat. Now, hmm. I know Thomas has seen me cook. Will, you probably haven't. <laughs> but it's not unusual for me to have flour on the floor when I'm cooking. So I assume this is not anything... Same. Yeah, I assume this is not any kind of a, a red flag. That's oh my goodness, this looks like you know there was a struggle or anything like that. Yeah, that's not what I got from this. It yeah. was just a typical you know I'm it, cooking in the kitchen time. Yeah, especially if she's an animated baker like I am. Yeah, like when I make cookies, I'm wearing flour. My well, my shirt is a shade lighter. I think by that the that's end. the correct way to do cookies. That's just what I think. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Well, like I said. From what I got from this, no signs of so a struggle. So nothing nefarious there. So it wasn't right. like anything was like strewn around or like, you know, disarray, like pots and pans everywhere. It was no, just kind of, okay. nothing okay. like that at all. Nothing like that at all. Uh, Jerry returned to Sioux Falls. He met with the police. He took and passed a polygraph test. So he was cleared of suspicion pretty quickly okay. in the process. Okay, good. Gene uh, had been the last person to see Elabeth on March 6th and was considered a person of interest. Elabeth disappeared three weeks before their divorce was mm. to go to court. That sounds, and, and you know, thinking about that, it's like, 
before a proceeding and everything where assumingly, you know, they would have maybe divided certain assets. Allegedly, I don't know what they were doing exactly. But like, if that was um, to be expected, then if she's gone, then everything goes to him, I suppose. I, yeah, I, I would assume so unless there's a will or something like yeah. that. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found nothing. Uh, well, the assumption is obviously after all this time that she has passed away, you know, for whatever, you know, if it happened back then. Or if somehow she was still alive for some time, you know, obviously they assume she's dead at this point. So yeah. if there were will, but you know, that would take place. But yeah, that would be my assumption too, Will, is mm-hmm. that it would go to the husband. That just I, I I just that's a little weird to me, I'm just gonna say. It sounds a little suspicious. A little suspicious. Uh, according to a deposition, Elabeth stated her husband was mentally and physically abusive. Mm. And her family went on to say that Jean was very controlling and, according to Charlie Project, would occasionally disable her car to keep her from going to her college classes. Mm. Now, to kind of put this in perspective, Ella Beth married Jean January of 1970 and graduated Augustana, Augustana, I think, Mm A-U-G-U-S-T-A-N-A, Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois, in 1972. Mm, so she was young. Yeah, she was really young, I guess, when they got married. Uh, she, well, she was, because this was... Young for what I consider to be marriage-appropriate age. <laughs> well, she would have been about, I'm going to guess, 21, because at Too the time... Too young. Too yeah, young. At the time this story takes place, she's 25, and that's... Whatever, Thomas. We, he's 1974. We've known a lot of people get married at, like, 21. Too young. That's what I said. <laughs> well, maybe not for the 70s. Yeah, for the 70s, they're, like, 12. No, you're, you're only saying that because we're almost 30, dude. I know. Never. Never get married. <laughs> I, I want to, but uh, it ain't looking good. Oh, whatever. But, no, that is weird. I'm just like, I don't know. It's so... Especially for the timing of that, like, I mean, sometimes the things that are the most obvious, especially when it comes to like a divorce or something, proceedings that are about to happen, and, you know, something happens to her before these proceedings, it just, it really does raise some red flags. It stinks to high heaven. It stinks to high heaven. I like that. Yeah, there you go. Well, Elabeth's niece, Chris Jacobson, remembers Elabeth as a patient, caring person who helped uh, Chris's mother with her children. So Chris's mother would have been Mm -hmm. Elabeth's sister. Uh, Chris also remembers Elabeth as not being her usual carefree self when Jean was around. Mm. Uh, she also recalls an outing when her aunt and uncle, uh, with her aunt and uncle, when Jean lost his temper with someone. I assume it's like a road rage incident. Oh, okay. Uh, because she goes on to say that Jean was yelling and beating on the steering wheel. So uh, I imagine, like I said, some kind of a road road rage incident. Yeah, when she was a, a child and out with the two of them. That's scary for anybody. Like, I, shoot, I know I do get road rage and stuff like that, but I don't take it out on my other people in the car. It's just mostly on just in, with myself and on the car in front of me, but I'm not going to do, yeah, I, I don't know. That's so sad for them. Yeah, uh, I, yeah My road rage is weird. I'm I'm like weirdly calm, but I'm using language that doesn't sound calm. <laughs> like I, I, I'm in, I'm very, very relaxed physically. It's my mouth that's not. Oh, Liz, I, me and you both, Thomas. Yeah, but I don't think either of you would do anything like that with a no. kid exactly. in the car. No, no. Scaring the you know kids and everything in the car and scaring Ella and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's kind no. of uncalled for. All right. In September of 1974, three of Elabeth's credit cards were found in a bathroom in a train station in Dauphine, Manitoba, Canada. Oh, now that's Canada. Over, Canada. That's over 600 miles from Sioux Falls. How would they have gotten there? That's not suspicious at all. That's 600 not miles. And how long? How long after her initial disappearance was this, Rhonda? Uh, well, let's see. She disappeared in March of 74, uh, and this is September. I mean, that's crazy. 600 miles? So that's what, six months? In six Canada. Months like, I mean, they had to cross the border into Canada. Yeah, they yeah. did. Now, police uh, 
check the area, but they can find no evidence that Ella Beth was ever in the area. Mm-hmm. And they actually believe that the credit cards were placed there to throw them off track. Oh, so I don't right. know if maybe they were getting close to something oh, or yeah. what and exactly. Like, but, been like, oh, okay, now we'll divert resources to Canada yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah. But See, that's, that's why they should just send information to the local PD and just be available for calls and just let the local police handle it while they go down their leads where they are. Well, and the problem is, though, is that, like, I mean, I, who knows at the time how much experience the local police department had in investigating, like, very serious missing persons cases. That's true, but at the same time, when you're – the bad thing is whenever you start chasing down different leads, mm-hmm. you start finding less. Yeah, or you start finding more and just getting – pulled in a million different directions yeah yeah i don't know thomas i could go either way on that because someone who's not that close to the case may not know what they're looking for where someone who's very familiar it's something may jump out at them yeah true yeah uh now gene filed a lawsuit against the city of sioux falls in 1978 claiming harassment by six police officers and stating he was jailed for nine days Hmm. Uh, now the officers were acquitted in november of 1980 yeah. So I'm not sure if that really happened, the jailed for nine days or yeah, not. Or I, alleged or whatever, yeah, maybe. Yeah, not really sure. Um, well, they're doing their jobs. I mean, they're trying to find, find her. Like, I mean, like, it, you're the most likely suspect, I'm sorry to tell you. That's where people would, that's where police would look, definitely. Yeah. Who's closest? Exactly. All right. Who's and, also the angriest, most aggressive, and who has a history just genuinely, of, yeah. Scumbaggy. Family members are telling him that he's, yeah. Yeah, he's a scumbag. <laughs> They're being well, told. that's what the family thinks, obviously. But, yeah. you know, we're just we're making assumptions here. We don't know, you know, for whatever reason, the family didn't like him. Yes, true. So we're making assumptions. A- yeah. Alleged, fair. alleged. That's fair. Speculation. But still, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I no. agree. Okay. In January of 1989, Gene is sentenced to 45 years in prison for grand theft after being convicted of stealing skid loaders and other equipment. He says the sentence is so lengthy. 45 years. Yeah, 45 years. is so lengthy because of his supposed involvement with his wife's, wife's disappearance. Hmm. That is a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, this may explain a little more. Oh, okay. okay. Gene wrote a letter in 2000 stating law enforcement had become obsessed with arresting him because of his criticism of how Elabeth's case was handled. Hmm. The letter goes in, uh, in quite a bit of detail about his stolen property case along with allegations that Gene had tried to hire a hitman to kill a judge oh. and putting a pipe bomb in a police officer's car. Don't, what is going on in Sioux Falls? <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't find... I found this particular... I actually found the letter in uh, on newspaper.com. Oh, but did I, you? I did, and it's a lengthy letter. I mean, it's a lengthy so letter. So he posted this and was like, hey, like newspapers post this. Yeah, but I couldn't find which papers actually published okay. it. I found okay. it in newspapers.com, but not the actual papers that would have put it out at the time, okay. way back when. Okay. Uh, and I also didn't find that he was charged with any of those other two allegations about the pipe bomb or trying to hire a hitman. Yeah, I wonder I wonder where the hitman thing came from, like whoever came forward with that to say, you know, or whatever. How do you even find a hitman? Uh, I'm not even going to ask. I don't want to be put, put on a list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's yeah, a fair point. I okay, we'll drop it. I don't know. Yeah, we don't want to <laughs> talk about that. I just don't understand it. Oh, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, what are the chances you'd get caught? I mean, seriously, what are the chances? I mean, even if you weren't talking to like a FBI agent or something? Yeah. When you you tried to make that contact? Oh, maybe was talking to an FBI agent. Who knows? Mm, But it is weird that you say, um, you know, we're talking about all of this. 
kind of, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, there's not a lot of concrete evidence, like you said, towards him, Rhonda. It's a lot of alleged things that we're not really finding stuff about, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I <clears throat> I didn't see anything that was concrete 100%. Yeah. We know this guy did it. 70s, too. It's been a long time. And as far as I could see, he was really just named as a person of interest. Mm-hmm. Never so really a suspect. No charges. And also, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they don't have her body either. So, you know, no body cases are very hard anyway. All right. In April of 1992, Elabeth's purse and wallet are found by a farmer in a hole along the B- Big Sioux River near Highway 42, east of Sioux Falls. Mm. So now it's back in Sioux Falls. Huh. That's yeah. And this is 18 years later. Oh, okay, God. Yeah. yeah so 92. it's possible that it was dumped way back when it happened. And that it was actually dumped well before the what was it credit card you said was found in Canada, right? Okay. So yeah, so one could have, so the purse could have been dumped way before, possibly because I didn't find out, I didn't see what kind of condition these things were in. I just know that they were found. Yeah, it could yeah. it could honestly be a case where he did something that scared her so bad that she decided to flee, that she just decided to leave. Maybe. But I, I don't think that's likely, that. but you yeah. never know. I'm yeah. saying that's just a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's possible, but to leave everything, family, everything? Yeah. I, yeah. I guess if know. you're scared, you know, who knows what you would do? I guess yeah. we, I've never been in that situation. You and know? if it's something that scares you enough. Yeah, to be you victimized. Never know. Yeah. Especially if you think you're going to lose your life over something. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, let's think of this. What if he threatened, and it's speculation, obviously. Speculation. Yeah. What if he threatened the new boyfriend? True. Or said, threatened you know, the niece or nephew. Oh, or, yeah, or yeah, somebody, you Told know. her, you know, if you leave me, then I'm going to do this. It's but, like the typical, like, if I can't have you, nobody can. You know, type of yeah. thing. But then that really doesn't solve the issue if she leaves. I mean, Well, yeah. it could have been a, if you don't drop this case and disappear, everything you love is going to be taken. Yeah. Could be. It could be. And I again, guess. to stress, we're speculating. Yeah, yeah, these are all just theories. Yeah. Going down rabbit holes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gene's paroled in July of 2002, and he dies of an aortic aneurysm in Sioux Falls in Mm -hmm. April of 2013. Now, a 2018 article by the Argus Leader brings uh, some new information out. And in 2019, police are searching. 2019. We're in 2022 now. I was going to say, this is new. So, yeah. So, this is fairly new. In 2019, police are searching the area where Elabeth's purse was found in 1992. Additional locations are also being searched as well. And cadaver dogs are being used in the Mm. search. Now, this is according to a 2019 article in the Argus Leader by Katie Nelson, the same one who'd written the one in 2018. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Come on, Katie. Yeah, so obviously I would assume a local writer. Yeah, she's keeping up. Yep. Also in the article, recent tips were more about the location of Elabeth's remains than who is responsible for her disappearance. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, I, th- I would think that's what the family would really want to. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find anything more current indicating uh, Elabeth's remains have been found. And I don't know if maybe COVID kind of slowed things down I'm as sure far as getting teams in for searching. I'm really not sure. You know, obviously, family members want to find her remains and give her a proper burial. Well, yeah, and, and, that's and their you focus. know, it is weird to think though, too, Rhonda, because you know how many does and stuff are out there, uh, like you know, unidentified bodies and stuff. Who's to say that maybe one of those bodies might be Ella or something allegedly? You know, uh, it's. I mean, there's always a possibility yeah. that they will find her. I mean, obviously, they're searching. They have some leads as to uh, some locations, and just as far as I can tell, have not found anything yet. Mm. 
better. I'm, I'm hoping that changes. Maybe, especially now that maybe COVID times are kind of, you know, coming up to an end, hopefully. Uh, maybe maybe they'll start finding different stuff again. I hope so. I hope so. Ella Beth is Caucasian with brown hair and green eyes. Uh, she was last seen wearing a blue pea coat, jeans, and a blue sweatshirt. And she would now be 73. Mm-hmm. And I'll post this in our show notes, but anyone with any information on her disappearance is asked to contact Detective Pat Mertz by email, and I've got this here, uh, or by mail, rather, 320 West 4th Street, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 57104, or email pmertz, M-E-R-T-E-S, at siouxfalls.org. And again, we'll have this information along with Crime Stoppers if you want to remain anonymous. Wow. That sounded so official. <laughs> sounded good. It was impressive, huh? <laughs> and uh, I, I just thought I'd read about, okay, cadaver dogs. Yeah. What can you do after almost 50 years? Yeah, that, I, I love that. Like, I, I want to know more about that. Okay, well, let me tell you a little more about that. So reading the article, their sense of smell is just absolutely amazing. And they started training cadaver dogs, I want to say it's like mid to late 70s. Mm-hmm. So they've been around for a while. And in one instance, a dog located a murdered woman who'd been buried under, who had been buried four feet down. Oh, wow. And was covered with lime powder and had a new concrete slab patio over her. And they found her? And the dog found her. That's so cool. The dog alerted on it. And then in some training exercises, uh, the dogs have actually found skeletal remains buried as much as two feet below ground that had had been skeletized, I guess, or however you would say it, <laughs> for at least twenty five years. Oh my God! Well, and you wouldn't think wow. like you wouldn't think there would be much smell left to a you know twenty five no. year old body. You wouldn't think so. I mean, but obviously there's some chemical there that they've yeah, been trained something. to detect that maybe smell. It's, maybe it's something that goes into the dirt when someone dies. Could be. As, it, could as their be. body breaks down, it's released into the dirt. Well, you know, my favorite thing, and I know these aren't cadaver dogs, but like bomb dogs, like bomb sniffing dogs. Like um, years ago, my mom had an experience with one, and my mom is a heart patient, and she has nitroglycerin, and a dog alerted to her, and mm. it, it was in her pocket, and it like kind of sat down by, by her, and she was like, okay, like just letting y'all know, I just have nitroglycerin <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> like it's not a yeah. bomb. Well, I guess technically kind of, because it is flammable. But uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, just to... Uh, see how cool dogs are you know yeah yeah there they are i'm definitely a dog person i'm a dog person yeah dogs sure. over cats sorry uh, sorry for cat lovers uh, but i do love my cats though <laughs> you have a crazy cat i do have a he's crazy not cat. as crazy as he used to be oh says no, you a good thing what dude he used to look like a crack addict coming off of a high oh listen he still looks like that he just has a little more meat on his bones now <laughs> y'all y'all would not believe this when i first started seeing this cat he was skin and bones had no fur his eyes were always dilated, like he was, he was traumatized. No, he was he was being abused by your other cat, and nobody cat, could tell. He loved, but he loved him. He yeah. loved him, but he just, loved him. He just wanted to eat him slowly. I know. But uh, slowly no, it, it was it was yeah, it was weird. But no, suddenly this cat, and we all know the reason why. Suddenly this cat gets meat on his bones, grows his fur back. His eyes are no longer fully dilated, like he's paranoid and freaking out. He just. He slows down. He's just enjoying his he's life. He's chill man. He's old. He's yeah, chilling. He's pretty chill now. He don't have to worry about Simba. <laughs> yeah, like when he was young, though, he would just randomly like look like he got startled and bolt through the house. He still he, bolts. He uh, there was one time I remember he like he like freaked out and body slammed the door just because he was he seriously went from standing to body slamming this door for no reason just because he got got himself spooked by himself. Well, there was a ghost in my and house. He, <laughs> All right, that's. 
or another story. <laughs> okay, we're changing topic now. Bye. Y'all, y'all have a good one. Deuces. <laughs> but Rhonda, I thought that was a great case. I think too that that one has potential, especially if like maybe COVID kind of gets over, you know, and everything that maybe we could have like within the next few years some uh, actual additions to it. I hope so. I'm going to keep my eye on this, and maybe in another year or so we might have an update on it. I'm, I'm hoping so. We'll have to keep our uh, our ears peeled or eyes peeled, I guess, uh, to see what, what's going on with that. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps it up for me. All right, guys. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye.